Has anyone heard from Kyle? Kyle? Are you are you around? Kyle, are you alive? Huh? Oh, maybe I'll call him. Same thing. <laughs> Text message? Drunk voicemails don't count, Blaine. <laughs> Kyle, are, are, are you alive? Are you coming back to BBA? Well, of course I am. <laughs> How's your knee doing? Not so great. <laughs> um, let's see here. Kyle, how's it going with your new truck and the little dog? <laughs> uh, this is a good start. Yeah. I'm on a roll. <laughs> All right. Go, I'm going to go work on my sled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back. We, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're surprised that this is the fourth podcast of the year, I am too. Um, yeah. Um, it is, let's see here. We're one week prior to Christmas week already. It's flying by. Um, I've got my two partners in crime. I've got Blaine and Kyle here next to me. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty crazy start to the season. Um, Blaine has uh, not seen the, the light of day since uh, our Black Friday sale. Oh, it's uh, I'm ready to go ride snowmobiles. We're, we're ready to go ride snowmobiles. Kyle, um, we're going to touch base with you a bunch of... Uh, People kind of like, you know, well, I, I got this one. Kyle's either riding a skidoo, he's not working for you anymore, or he's dead. Um, and yeah, your, uh, your summer schedule is quite, quite the schedule, isn't it? Why don't you, uh, yeah, well, first of all, hi, good morning. Good morning. And uh, people uh, have been wondering how, how it's been going. Obviously, we're, we're super pumped to have you back here. Um, in the shop doing what you do it's a full-time job for me to just keep you busy because you get shit done too quick so um how's it been man oh pretty good oh pretty good (laughs) all right let's uh let's back all the way up all right so for those of you who don't know uh last year uh at the towards the end of the season kyle had a fairly uh Fairly bad get off on the sled. Um, something super stupid, which really sucked a mile from the truck. Mm-hmm. Trying to limp a sled back that uh, you uh, you ended up failing a ski rubber, and yeah. uh, which you know in that type of snow, those conditions is um, can be common, right? That's why we carry them in the bag, and we you know we replace them. The, the load's got to go somewhere. But um, why, don't, why don't you tell tell a little bit of the story here? Yeah, we were up. The day after Bear Lake, the second Rimshaw race at Bear Lake, and we were up the day after, kind of, we're just riding on a Sunday, and we had a really sick, gnarly, super gnarly day, and... Who are you, sorry, who are you riding with? Uh, Luke Rainey, uh, Caden Rainey, Andy Thomas, Cole Thomas, Tanner Thomas, so the Thomas clan and the Rainey clan. So you guys were kind of half, you know, not really able to go into the real technical stuff, but <laughs> no, I can't imagine how fun that ride had to be. Yeah, they were an, they're animals. So we had a really sweet day and literally coming out at dark, um, I get down to the trail, spit out a ski rubber and like I spit out a ski rubber, like a hundred yards from the trail and hop on the trail. We're like mile and a half from the truck and, uh, the trail was freshly groomed. So I wasn't really worried about, t- worried about tucking a ski. So I, we're, Andy literally goes to, he goes, you want to change that quick? I'm like, no, I'll be fine. And 
we anyway we take off. What does Andy know anyway? Yeah, we're like a half a mile from the truck now. My sled's only 135 degrees, so would have been completely fine too. Mm. And I just you don't think about the, these couple of details like every no. single day, do you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Damn and it. just drop off the edge of the trail just a little bit and to, like to cool the sled. Yeah, yeah. Pin it just to suck up some snow, and literally just switch the weight to my left hip and just literally put the weight on my palm and. Yeah, I've crashed a lot of stuff, and usually you have that half a second where you're like, oh, yep, this is not going to work out. And that one, I just, I mean, it was just instant whack, you know? Like, I didn't even see that coming over or nothing, and tumbled tumbled pretty good down the trail. Didn't really know kind of where I was at or which way I was up. Um, and I remember, like, coming to a stop, and normally, like, I've hurt and crashed a lot. Like, I've hurt a lot of things and crashed a lot. When it hurts right away, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you don't so, have the, like, the, yeah, the delay of, uh-oh, I think it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's, y- yep, it's hurting. It hurt right away. Yeah, like, I mean, I've finished dirt bike races with broken arms before, and to, like, feel the pain that I had in my knee, like, instantly, and I was like, yeah, this is not good. And I, it actually felt like it was more so above my knee. It almost felt like my femur a little bit, but I think that was just from the hyperextension and tearing stuff apart. Um and Tanner Thomas was right behind me and he was pretty freaked out. And like my watch was going off, like going to dial nine one one and stuff in my phone. And he was, <laughs> he's like, he was pretty nervous. And, um, but yeah, it took me a minute probably kind of to get up. And then like, I'm like, well, maybe we can walk this thing off. And, <laughs> and I'm like hobbling around and now Andy's come back and, He'd already been to the truck waiting for me, you know, uh, and he, he comes back and he's like, what in the world happened? And I mean, probably like, I don't know how far behind us you could see right where that ski just went <clears throat> straight down and the spindle almost drove right into the edge of the icy groomer path. So it just was like a, mm. like hitting a wall, <clears throat> but it endowed me was what it did basically. And I probably went 50 feet before there was like even a mark in the trail because it caught so hard. And, I mean, it flung my tunnel bag probably 80 yards into the meadow on the other side. Didn't even, like, roll out there. You could just, like, literally it went out and buried itself right in the meadow. Um, but, yeah, the track came off the rails. I mean, it it was a pretty You good, did it good. It was a pretty good wreck. And I remember we them guys uh, got it all together. I was kind of, I don't know, I, I've only passed out one other time. But I was, like, trying to help put my or my track back on, and Andy kept yelling at me to stop. He'd get it. But I remember him like, eh, I might have to go lean over there for a minute, <laughs> zip my coat down, I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, you got this is going to be close. Oh, <laughs> and I held it together, but. You didn't pass out? No. Oh, shit. We I'm get- such a pansy. <laughs> I freaking. Yeah. So when my shoulder popped out, like, it's just a separated shoulder, right? And I'm just sitting there. I'm doing the whole, ah, dang, dude, this is not good. And then that feeling comes over, and I'm just telling everyone around me, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, what I told, that's what I told Andy, too. I'm like, if I tip over, don't freak out. I'll be back. I'll be back in a minute. Uh, and anyway, we get back to Andy's house, and um, we're kind of going. He's like, he's like, let's ice it, I think. And then. Hopefully it's just a stinger to be good in the morning. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I hope you're right. But anyway, it 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 was, I mean, very tender. And next morning I got up right away and went to the 
urgent care or whatever in Afton. And I go in, and I'm like, yeah, I hurt my knee yesterday, snowmobiling. I need to get it looked at. And I go back to the room, and he, like, comes in, and he does, like, the, does this hurt? Does that hurt? I'm like, yeah, it all hurts. <laughs> and anyway. If you test me like, one more he's time. Like, he's like, well, give it a week, um, ice it, and give it a week, and if it still hurts, come back in. I'm like, no, that's not why I came here. And he's like, well, we can do an x-ray if you want. And I'm like, yeah, at least an x-ray. And did an x-ray and found out my tibia was broke at least. So that was good enough reason for me to go to a real doctor and get an MRI. And then found out it was really tore up, not just a little bit tore up. So you ended up um, ACL, MCL, meniscus, and tibia, Yeah. right? Yeah. Didn't even do your femur, pussy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh dang, dude. So... Um, all right. So you, you get, you get that prognosis. You're like, obviously, you know, in my mind that would say, okay, your snowmobile season is done, but you're kind of a dumbass. Or maybe <laughs> you should at least use the crutches the doctor gave you. You're in here walking around the shop, like nothing happened. Well, I had stuff to do. Well, <laughs> you're a tough mother. <laughs> all right. So this was, uh, end of February and end of it was closer to March, right? Yeah, I think it was like March 13th. Okay, yep. Like 10 days before Jackson. 10 days before Jackson. I, I, and this is like a little crushing, right? Like, And we we talked about this last year, right? You you were all prepared for Jackson. All your sleds were ready, mm-hmm. mentally ready to go, riding good, all this stuff, right? And then all this happens. So this is a little bit of a recap um, to, to kind of get you guys who didn't know what happened to Kyle. Um, that uh, it was pretty bad, like really bad. So talk about, you know, so there was all this stuff, right? You, you're you gimping around here in the shop. You go to Jackson. You're like, you're freaking an animal out there walking up and down the hill, getting everybody's sled dialed. Unfortunately, you didn't compete at Jackson, um, but had to be, it's not as rewarding, but sure as it was, had to feel good that all the hard work you put in there, I mean, you know, the players team, absolutely kick butt and not what you know i got to go there this this year blaine you were up there too and you know we were watching everything right and not one of those people in the pits that came up to me the first words out of their mouth were like thank god kyle's here right and i'm like i know that's what i say every time we we both say that every time we walk in the door here at bba (laughs) and the second thing they said is why aren't you racing (laughs) well that was that was the second thing which that was a whole nother story and hopefully that all comes hopefully we get that put to bed this year and we get to go have some fun but um so you know you had had fun there then you did end up getting on the snowmobile when because turkey was here you just couldn't stand it any longer Uh, yeah so i buzzed home after I got my surgery and everything lined up and done with Jackson, buzzed home to kind of get my stuff organized there because I was going to be pretty laid up because I was having surgery in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to button some stuff up in the shop. And like that, I remember that second or that after hearing you guys come back the first day, I'm like, I got to get out there tomorrow. So I got after it pretty hard the next day in the shop. I didn't even tell these guys. Got after it pretty hard in the shop the next day, so I could get it wrapped. Try to get everything wrapped up by a decent time, and I plan. I was, I'm very good at setting unrealistic goals, and I'm like, I'll be out on the snow by noon, and no, I wasn't. But three o'clock, I remember, I was like, I'm like, oh, fine, I won't go. It's probably a better idea anyway. I have surgery tomorrow, and tomorrow, (laughs) (laughs) probably probably a better idea. I shouldn't go. And anyway, I 
I kind of went back and forth, and then finally I'm like, screw it. I went to Andrew's locker, stole his bib, stole your coat, <laughs> stole your snowmobile, your truck. <laughs> yeah. Just stole everybody else's stuff. Had to grab a brand new helmet because you got a tiny head. Yeah, I <laughs> Or I got a big head. And stole a brand new helmet and trucked up there to St. Elmo, followed the tracks in, and ran into you guys and kind of just rode around one-limbed for a while. It was, But it was worth it. It actually was worth <laughs> it. Um, that was... I mean, just a such a badass day, and yeah. it was dumping snow. The conditions were awesome, and wa- watching you like literally, you know, peg legged out there, and still just like, I don't know. I was I was pissed off that you were up there, but at the same <laughs> time, I was like, it's good. It it didn't feel right being in that zone. You know, it's like the 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 team aspect it didn't feel right being in there without you uh, and you know we were all doing it's like it's towards the end of our season you know we save these zones for these particular days and so I was mad at you but at the same time I'm like ah, I'm glad you're here yeah hold on why while we have a second while we're doing some trailside maintenance here Kyle Pulsiver don't tell my mom you are an idiot <laughs> I mean you're like my favorite idiot but what are you doing here? I got I had some shit to do in the shop this morning. And I looked at the clock and it was 2:20 and I'm like, "Yeah. I can be riding my I can be riding my 3." So I loaded I put your coat on, somebody's bibs that were on the shelf, Andrew's uh Andrew's everything else. Um, I grabbed a brand new helmet, Andrew's tunnel bag and your snowmobile. And your coat. Oh, and my truck. Oh, yeah, and your truck. <laughs> I came up to ride. Well, hey, it would not have been the same without you ending. Dude, this is our last day of I BBA. Couldn't, I couldn't skip it. Couldn't do it. Especially when this guy's here. Yeah, I know. Uh. Hey, Kyle. Yeah. This is uh, not what the doctor was saying about take it easy. <laughs> hey, when do you have surgery? Yeah, two days. Uh-huh. How is your leg even working? It, you, I mean, it's, you can't really... It really hurts until you're... Uh, how's Vin Diesel say it? About 8,400 RPMs? <laughs> everything else kind of goes away. Hey, Kyle. Huh? If, I wish we could describe to people where, the, where you're <laughs> stuck right here. It took everything I had with a boost and two legs... To make it up there, and here you are on a goddamn stock. It must be that coat. That's my lucky coat. Jeez, dude, you are an effing animal. I needed to go wrong foot forward here. I just didn't. Except you don't have another wrong foot. Now your mom is gonna kill you. <laughs> um, okay, so you you have surgery. I get to talk to you a little bit after the surgery, um, and it wasn't perfect. No, it it wasn't it. Um, I had surgery and um, that next day, trucked home, um, trucked home from Colorado to Minnesota, which was a pretty long drive. And it you, was your mom came out right for yeah, the surgery. Yeah, and my mom and my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, and they hauled me back. But that was kind of miserable <laughs> of a ride, to be honest. And anyway, got back and things were feeling okay. I didn't, it wasn't like unbearable or anything like that. And then after like two days, it really blew up swelling and um, started kind of getting a little bit nervous. So I reached out to the doctors and then started going in and ended up, it was 
pretty bad and got a draining and like they do like an x-ray like a live x-ray and like go into certain pockets and pull a bunch of fluid out and so just dealing with that and it got it was so swollen and there was just so much pain with it it was like honestly hard to do anything like without passing out so that that part wasn't very fun but it took and then trying to do like the PT things early like seeing the goals and the like the milestones I should have been at like at the certain weeks was really frustrating Mm -hmm. because like that initial part and then that break on the tibia really slowed down the the ACL the the things you're supposed to do to like right after surgery for your ACL because that's kind of like the most important one if that tightens up it's really hard to get back and I definitely got to that point where like I was getting to things at the two month mark that I should have been at at the one month mark and then that's really annoying mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. I dealt with a lot of that started going to some different doctors going some different places which was better help and it's just another way to look at it and do some different things so you can kind of do two things at once um but yeah it mentally like just to be slowed down to that level is challenging it's one thing like when you break a bone and like in six weeks you're like oh, I'll be good and like six weeks flies by for the most part but when it, it's been a long time you know and like not like getting out of a truck like I think it was three months before I could like get out of the truck without like having to do this with my leg you know because mm-hmm. it I couldn't get it bent enough but that <laughs> is what it is a lot of people have had worse but I don't know it's tough to be slowed down that far yeah um and, you know, and I think, you know, I've, Blaine, have you ever had, uh, what's your worst injury? My shoulder. I had uh, a ladder J operation on my right shoulder. I dislocated it for years playing hockey and then finally got to the point where I couldn't lift my arm above my head. Like, it was bad. They went in there and they're like, oh, yeah, you, you need to have a, you know, pretty standard surgery. And uh, I actually went and played a hockey tournament couple days before my surgery and I got tripped on a <laughs> so breakaway. You guys are both dumb. <laughs> I got tripped on a breakaway and fell on that shoulder and ended up breaking the cup that holds the socket in. And uh they went in for surgery for orthoscopic and the doctor looks at it and he's just like and I was under, I didn't know this. He's like, Is this the same patient? Like this is a totally like way worse injury. So they ended up doing a completely different surgery that they had planned on. Oh no. So yeah, we're we're a lot alike in that way. I'm I'm giving you guys shit, and as I'm staring at the picture behind us, I'm wear on one hand I'm wearing a regular glove, on the other hand I'm wearing this huge glove that's over my wrist brace because that year that you had to cart me off the mountain because <laughs> I I ended up um, flipping the sled upside down on me, which it my my wrist is a little pissed this morning. I need to stretch it. I haven't done that yet, but so anyway, I tore the ligament. But that year was an incredible snow year. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept, I should have fixed it right after like guide season. Yep. But it was so killer snow <laughs> that I rode until June, literally. And then I'm like, well, I won't be able to po- pull my bow back. Um, and I have to go to Chile. So then I went to Chile. And then I, well, no. And then what happened is, Right after Chile, I ended up coming to back to get it fixed. And same thing, when I got it looked at the first time, he's like, okay, well, it looks like you tore your ligament, we, 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 and, but we can fix it. By the time I got back in, he looked at it. Well, I, no, this is what happened. 
10 minutes before I'm scheduled for the surgery, the doctor comes in and he's like, hey, just for a plan B, if I go in there and I'm not able to attach it, are you good with me just like cutting it out and like cutting around some of the pain nerves? And I'm like, I don't know. What would you do? He's like, I'd probably do that. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're the doctor here. (laughs) And so sure enough, he gets in there. It's all destroyed, nothing left. And all it would have been fixable if I just would have gone and did it right away. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. The pal was probably worth it. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. um, So what I was, what I was kind of trying to bring that back to is, you know, I haven't had something that has laid me up like that. Um, And I think from the physical side of things, there's, that's just what it is. Like you're having to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, you know, with how we all are, the mental side of things was probably tougher yeah, than that's the physical, like, wasn't it? I'd go after a few weeks. I would like I'd crutch to the shop, and I'd like I could I can still do stuff at the shop, you know, whether it's repair tools or clean things up or do whatever. But like literally, I could just be, I mean, up like working at a workbench, and like I could just feel my knee just like ten psi, twenty psi, thirty <laughs> psi. And I'm like, at 40, I got to go. And, like, literally just going back to my house at 10 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock and just, like, sitting there, turning the TV on, like, just watching my knee. And just – because, like, mentally, you just want to go. But – and then, like, yeah, if you, if you did, you paid for it big time. And that was the biggest thing I found with this. Like, when I was recovering from my shoulder, I felt like – I'm like, oh, yeah, I overdid it a little bit yesterday. And you could, like – by like – that day, though, you were just a little bit sore, but you could do the same things. With my knee, I was finding, like, if I overdid it, like, where I was at in my mobility, it'd take me a week to get back there again. Wow. And not not from, like, going and running a marathon. I'm talking just from, like, I mean, just letting it go a little too far, swell a little bit too much, and, like, it would take a week to be able to move it as far as you did the next day or getting, like, your quad to lock up. Like, if you overdid it, like, that's a big thing. You can't even, like, lock your quad. It just sits there and kind of twitches. Like you could sit there and stare at it for 10 minutes just trying just to lock it, and you could just get it to damn. twitch every once in a while. So, like, that was tough, very tough for me to, like, ride that line because it's, like, easy to just say, oh, screw it, I'll get this done, and I'll be better to it tomorrow. But it doesn't just – you're not just in the same spot the next day. You can go backwards way quicker than you can go forwards. Well, so, yeah, the, the mental side of things um, – and, I, you know, I think that was probably – from we give you shit about not texting us back or calling us back but you know I put myself in in your shoes and it's like it's easy to go to that place where you're like I just I need to figure this out I want to be left alone I wish I was better mm-hmm. I'm not super happy right now yeah no that's definitely a spot I was in for sure I just I don't know it like like you said it's it's tough to know too because you like I'm asking myself some same questions because I don't know where the heck I'm at. Or yeah, and you I'm have everybody asking you, yeah. "How you doing?" Yeah, well, I'm not like, that great. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And that, like, taking doctors' words for it, it's like certain things. Like you, the internet's the worst thing you could do. Oh, I mean, man. you type in a hand cut and you got like blood cancer, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm doing a bunch of research on the internet too to make sure I'm not just getting filled full of crap from the doctors and like. Finding where people are like, oh, I was like Adrian Peterson was literally playing football six months after surgery, and it's like, I am not playing football. 
six months after surgery, especially at a professional level. Yeah, like you're I can't also even, not Adrian Peterson. Well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but like you get my point. Like yeah. at six months, I was like, I could probably stand up off the toilet without favoring both my wow. right leg. You know, like mm-hmm. it's that that. So seeing like them other things, and then just trying to put yourself kind of in the best spot, but still work and you know it. it it's tough. It's yeah. a, there's a fine line between like pushing it too hard because you want to, if you just sit there and don't do anything, you're not going to get better. But if you push too hard, you're going to set back even further. Yeah. There's a fine line between there of like getting your PT done and working out and getting that stuff done, but not pushing too hard. Yep. Well, I, you know, I see you, you see you walking around here seem pretty good. Obviously there's some things that you favor and some things. So, um, where, where are you at right now? I feel like, so actually last week I was at Synectics in Minneapolis doing just some strength testing to like compare both legs. And there was actually a couple function, I a couple functions above the knee that I was stronger than my right leg. Mm. But the knee like extension and flexion below my knee are like my worst one was 56% weaker, which would be like the kicking mm-hmm. motion which is, like, where all that pressure is from the graft that they did and stuff. So that's the biggest one I need to work on. And I, the biggest thing I worry about is, like, being wrong foot forward, hitting something or and, like, just buckling my knee mm-hmm. just because it's weak, you know. Like, yep. the motion of stepping up on top of something is what – there's, like, a hinge point in there where it it's just doesn't feel good. So I don't know if it got there and you hit a bump or something if it – I don't know. What Does it, it feel like in certain movements that it wants to hyperextend? No, I honestly think that's that's clean. Like the exercises I do, I do a lot of like the snapping through, mm-hmm. like to straight, and that feels really good. It's more so like when you get at that probably thirty to forty-five degrees where it's just super unpredictable, and I just don't have much control there. And I don't, I think it's a s- strength thing that's lacking. I I don't think it's like a mobility issue. Like I I mean I can go and bike as hard as I want for forty-five minutes, and like that's fine. It's more so just like that control, that slow control, and that heavy load is yep. what makes it just feel really unpredictable. Well, good thing you're good at riding neutral most of the time. <laughs> yeah. um, well, kind of joking aside there, um, you know, this has been, <clears throat> for all of us, we've all been kind of like, you know, what what is what is the future hold for, for Kyle, I'm sure. And you and I have had some pretty good conversations, right? just life in general and plans and you're how old are you now? Twenty six. Six. Yep. So getting old. <laughs> getting old. <laughs> I am still old enough to be your father. Um, but you know, it really led to uh, some decisions for this year that are pretty exciting for you. Um, yeah. Your role here at BBA is as uh, is, is a little different for this year, which um, is exciting. Pretty awesome. Um, you know. Um, so why don't, why don't, why don't you talk about, um, you know, some of the, the things that have come up, uh, the, the plans and opportunities that, um, you know, for, for this year for us and, and, and just what your, what your goals and ambitions are for the season. So, you know, like over the past few years, this is part that we can't really show, but we can kind of talk about, like we've worked a lot and you have forever worked a lot with like engineering and development with Polaris and kind of building, I've built a relationship with them just doing a lot of the, I don't know, the leg work or whatever you want to call it, 
like because we're on the snow so much and that side of things is kind of transferred into the racing side um where they need some help there too on the not just from working on stuff but getting things dialed and trying some new things and uh, you know there's such a short window for hill climb prep and then like racing's here and it's really hard because it's kind of all over the place and there's not really a designated test team or like the infrastructure there is behind like a snow cross or cross country type racing so they they're looking for they were looking for a little bit more help with with that side just kind of having a guy with the tools and the the stuff to kind of and that's going to be at the races already and Darren Gould is a guy that has been doing that for years for Polaris and he's uh like an absolute rock star he shows up I mean for four days every weekend and like I don't know how many hour days. I mean, they don't end really. I mean, yeah. you get a few hours of sleep and he's, you know, grinded hard and it's just the workload's gotten to the point where it's just it they needed enough, they needed more help. So me kind of being there like I was able to jump in and help, you know, the way it was and then not, like this summer they kind of approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in helping kind of more on like a legitimate basis or whatever like actually getting paid yeah (laughs) yeah like actually getting paid and like structure it right and you know we could even do more with it with like more like just more organization and that type of thing so I'll be doing a lot of that with the race team just at the races and then them that day before of the prep usually before every race and a couple trips like I've already done too like instead of like with engineering and development, like we've we've gone and we tune with them for a day or we ride the sleds. Once they get pretty close and stuff, they'll utilize us to kind of see what, just get another opinion on it. So doing stuff with them, with the race team and, you know, building sleds, building the new mods and stuff mm-hmm. and getting to go up there and just kind of get my feet wet on seeing how everything works. So that, that that's kind of opened a new door for me so just Um, to just to recap real quick what he's talking about is so over the last three weeks kyle's been up in roseau minnesota at the polaris facility it back behind the closed curtains building some badass new shit for the hill climb team yep yeah exactly and that that then i'll get he was sugarcoating it and (laughs) i'm like dude you hurt like People don't get to do this, right? And <laughs> um, and you're in the fab shop. You're learning, like, you know, that's the coolest thing. And I've been, I've had the opportunity to go up to the factory many times, and every time I go there, it's just I'm blown away by like, dude, there is so much stuff going on here. Yeah. Like, you know, the consumer sees these snowbills as the end result, but the everything behind the scenes and like future stuff and um things that like well let's try this and you see the pile of like things that they tried that didn't work and then uh, like you know being in that as a snowmobiler is about as cool as it gets yeah for sure like getting to uh, that side's always been very entertaining to me or whatever the Mm -hmm. word intriguing i guess the word would be um i like i i am a i hate riding a snowmobile that doesn't run like, I get on it, it actually makes me mad, like, a snowmobile that doesn't run, right? So, kind of, like, I don't know if that's kind of what's led me to where I'm at and what I'm doing. I don't I don't really know, but it definitely is pretty, like, surreal kind of being back there and 
getting to be a part of all all of those things and the way and just to see the way like that big of a business works and that part's really interesting to me too because yeah. it's just like how in the world does everybody here know what they're doing and who is taking care of all this and there's obviously people because everybody's busy and things are happening I mean cool things come out the door so it yep um and also seeing the way that they problem solve because I mean at the end of the day that's really what they're doing like if the, you take a 2013 snowmobile it's like what is the problem and how can we make it better like even even if there's not a realistic problem it's like why is this wrong and we need to make it like better and just seeing the way they all tackle that and how things can go from an idea to like the like mock-up stage and what that looks like to like the final product what that looks like it's I mean they're huge steps and you know there's a million in between but like the three main steps are it's it's cool to see and be a part of and like see some things like some ideas come forth that just (laughs) I mean we're horrible ideas but nobody's afraid to try anything so it's not like just trying to hit home runs there's a lot of little things going on well so that's so that's kind of that was that's a little bit step one but I'm going to bring this back one more time. And, and, you know, if we could rewind the clock on that day that you were riding and, you know, you, you listened to those two little things, right? Like my sled wasn't even hot. I wish I wouldn't have dipped a ski. I wish I would have listened to Andy and just taken the five minutes and put the ski rubber in. That's fine. But I'm telling you, the reason that you got this opportunity, because I know firsthand this is true. So you're gimped up. You can't race Jackson, but you go sh- show the whole Polaris crew that's there who you actually are and how much of a, a value you are by what you did in the pits. And that was your audition that you didn't even know you were auditioning for. And that yeah. was that was meant to happen. And um, it sucks about the knee, but the knee will get better. Yeah. And it opened up these doors. And um, I'll, I won't forget, um, and I... I joke about this to the players guys now, but at the time I was a little hot because I walk into a meeting and I see Nels and Darren sitting there and I'm like, "Uh Oh, what are these two guys doing in the same room with me? (laughs) And, uh, Darren comes in and he's just, he fires right away. And he's like, so we got some plans with Kyle this year. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Um, so you're stealing them from me. That was, that was basically what I said. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, that was the, the selfish me reaction first, but then, you know, after getting to talk to you and getting to talk to them and, and, you know, really figuring it out, it was like, it makes me proud, right? It makes me proud that someone who came here in 2017 stayed at the best Western because, uh, didn't have money, um, asked if he could come in that night and help me change A-arms, and I was appreciative of that, um, that, that that kid is now, you know, someone who is going to play a vital role in the success of the Players Hill Climb team, the development of future sleds, and, you know, that all came through, you know, through BBA, and, and you know, your what you're going to be able to do that to them and what you're going to be able to bring back to, you know, to us. And, you know, and you and I have had some pretty awesome talks. Like, you're like, hey, I just wanted to let you know um, I'm always going to be a part of BBA in some capacity. And, you know, those are – that means a lot. Like, mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I was telling everybody uh, listening today that, you know, Kyle's role is has changed a little bit to give him the flexibility – to do 
have a pretty awesome opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we've got the hill climb side of things. Um, you know, you've been here uh, in November uh, and now December, plugging away, building sleds. It's it's awesome to see, and you know, I always try to to, to make sure I don't burn you out on the building sled side of things. But you really do love it and enjoy it, which is mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, like to that, um, to like what you were saying about like the BVA thing too. It's like if I could be in two places at once, that's, you know, that's where I'd want to be. But like being able to like you and you giving me the flexibility to kind of have that hybrid role and be able to do that because with that too, like as a individually, that's extremely rewarding to me to like go and ride a sled and then ride a sled that runs really good Mm -hmm. and like do those things and then help people get their stuff running right and work on their stuff too is, is rewarding as well. And, just kind of like, I don't know, like there really is no plan in life. Like when people ask you what you're going to do or where you're going to be, like, I I mean, none of this was planned. I don't <laughs> think, you know, like, sure. you know where the direction you want to go or what you want to do. But at the end of the day, you just kind of roll with what you got. And that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at, you know, just kind of doing some different, different things. And it'll put me in some more spots, you know, I'm, I want to, cover some more ground and, you know, ride with some more people and do some things that I've kind of like, it, I've always wanted to do, but it, it's, it's tough with the schedule here to kind of get it, get around and do those things. And I'm at, I'm like, I'm not, I don't live here and, you know, I'm from Minnesota, obviously. And obviously, <laughs> so like to me, like I, I talked to, like you'd go to Andrew who works here and be like, Andrew, we should, you should do Afton and street. You should ride there once. He's like, yeah, I don't care. They're like, <laughs> you know, like, he, Andrew, we need to go back to Grizzly. He's like, yeah, I don't want to go to Grizzly. He's got a kid, you know, and yeah. wife, and I'm I'm not at that point yet. So yeah, there's just like in the next five years, it, it kind of just you know want to do some traveling, and yeah, see some things, and but still at the same time, I' ready to come back down here at certain times when it works, and I mean, do what we do yeah well and and that's you know we we had that conversation and and you know Blaine you've you've had the luxury of being able to well shoot I've never even ridden Revelstoke you've been to Revelstoke yeah multiple times it's one of the best time the best places to ride I I know that okay Um, you should try it sometime well I should (laughs) we all should right um but you know I know that's something that um that's one of the things that you know created your identity and your name i'm like who is this guy anyway right and you were traveling around um doing you know photo shoots and and um guiding and you had you you know from a from a balance standpoint you you were doing it all you were working at a dealership you were working at a guide place you were being able to go off and and kind of make a name for yourself and and then you know you stumble down here to bba yeah i mean kind of tied into what kyle just said it's like I never would have imagined I'd be working here, but you know, just the little jobs and working here and there and kind of tying it all together. It's like, I've always had a passion for snowmobiling. That's like, good. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I moved to Breckenridge in I think 2006 and all my really good friends were amazing snowboarders, skiers. Some of them were even in the Olympics and professionals. And I was like, I love snowboarding. It's fun, but I will never be a professional. Mm. I'll never be on that level. And, uh, actually one of my best friends, Tyler Houghton, I bought, two ski revs in uh, 2007 
and man, we thought we were the coolest kids ever, <laughs> like going out in the back country, having a great time. Like, look at all these suckers on the ski lifts, like waiting in line. And now it's just gotten so much crazier and busier. Like Breckenridge is Disneyland. Like <laughs> you wait in line for like an hour and 45 minutes to get one run. And yeah. we're lucky to be able to do this for sure. And I'm definitely grateful to have you back, Kyle. Thanks. In the shop here, it's awesome. Like, I don't, I can't remember how many times I've been flipped off in the last two weeks, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot. Yeah, but we're grateful to have you back. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so you've got uh, you've got some hill climb stuff. You've got you're going to be working with the photo shoot guys um, up in Afton. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really awesome. Um, that's been something that's been needed a lot. Um, I get to, I'll get to see up there, um, yep. which will be, which will be pretty cool. So we're, we're going to be shooting the model year 25 stuff here in just a few weeks, which is, I love that. I love that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be neat. Um, and then, yeah. So January, you're kind of on the road, right? January is a really, really busy time. Yep. February, March, um, you've got, you'll be kind of bouncing between hill climb stuff, going to try to snag you down here for some of our groups that you're like there's no way i'm going to miss yeah. some of those guys um and and hopefully right the leg is in a position where you feel comfortable where you can get out and, and ride yeah and that's what i need to be really smart with too because i i plan on also racing again this year yep. but i'm only i'm only gonna like you can't compete unless you're good yep. so i'm not gonna push myself into that especially to prevent another injury so if i've got to take it easy you know and just, I mean, support and ride in the backcountry and do those things until I'm good to race. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but for now, that's my goal anyway. Especially I want to be ready to rock and roll by Jackson again. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think and that's what's that's what's awesome. And, we, you know, we talked about this a bunch, you and I, of just having goals, right? And mm-hmm. not only goals for like, yeah, I mean – it's it's awesome for you to have that goal of like I want to be ready for Jackson, right? And that that's something to work for, um, to attain. Um, but you know, really, I think the biggest thing is, you know, it, it gives you that motivation. And not you know, we're self motivated people anyway. But you know, like yesterday morning, you were on the spin bike at six thirty last night. You were doing whatever you were doing on the knee after a long day of work, and and it's we talk about this all the time, right? It's so easy to go the easy way mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit more effort both mentally and physically to do it the hard way, but the reward at the end is so much better um, on that side of things. And so, you know, I'm excited for you on that front. Um, it's been, we haven't got to get on the snow yet this year, but we're, we've already made plans Thursday. I'm hoping next Thursday is the day that we can, um, because here's the, like, I know you love building sleds, but you also like getting them on the snow and making sure that they are, you know, what we all expect yep. them to be. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so let's take a few minutes. So that's, uh, so that's so Kyle's still alive. He's still a part of BBA. <laughs> He's got a lot of really cool things going. Um, Blaine and I, we, you know, We've been stock or stacking all the projects for Kyle uh, when he gets here, and I promise you, every time you come back here, you'll be like, "Yeah, I knew this was coming." Um, <laughs> we'll save the bent tunnel jobs for Kyle; he's a pro at those. Um, <laughs> experience, <but> experience, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but let's talk about real quick, guys. Um, and people love hearing this, like um, what we're riding for our our personal stuff this year. Um, Kyle, you have like 19 snowmobiles. I've seen. I, you might need a bigger trailer. I I do need a bigger trailer. <laughs> so, They're impossible to find. Yeah, they are. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so you've got your you've got your hill hill climb fleet basically that you're getting ready, and then yep. your your personal sleds. Um, Blaine, I'm going to ask you too what you're doing on yours. But what uh, what do you got? Um, like the hill climb side of things is very. What would be the word? There's uh, got to be a word for it. Expensive. Expensive <laughs> is a good word. Thanks, Visa. Um, but there's a lot to get a hill climb sled ready. Whether it's tedious, even, even when it's a yeah. stock class sled, like you got. I mean, you the, spent two hours putting belting on the freaking belly pan yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got your yeah. You got to brace your skid and cut and screw your track and um, put tunnel protectors in and. It, is, it just kind of adds up. You do your suspension and all that stuff, but the mods are very modified, like small gas tanks. Um, you get ditched some, ditch a lot of the things you don't need. Um, you small little oil bottle. Uh, I mean, motor work from the bottom to the top, and then you're running stuff on really high octane race gas. So getting everything mapped right and adjusted and stuff like that for that is another big chore, but. That stuff's that. Um, as far as the backcountry goes, I I mean, I really, I throw a, some exhaust on, like a lightweight silencer. Um, I run a Diamond S and then throw a Skins lightweight hood on, and that's really all I do to my backcountry stuff. Obviously, tunnel bag and handlebar bags and stuff like that, but like a... Cl- a clutching, a, clutching uh, hood, Diamond S silencer... And a Dura-Pro tether. I love a Dura-Pro tether. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, that's pretty much all. For me, on my back, just because, I don't know, the the simplicity of it. And then, like, the racing rules, like, the racing deal, like, you can't, in stock classes, you have to run stock handlebars, like, to a T. And then, like, you have to run the stock seat. And you have to run, like, a lot of the stock shocks and, like, a lot of that stuff. So, I relate my backcountry sleds very similar to that and just kind of build them the same way without all the bracing and the other other things. But so that's really I, I my sled builds are pretty minor nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my boost sled, I'll build a 900 boost, you know, a Carl's motor and stuff like that, and build a fast boost sled. But that's that's pretty much it for me. Cool, um, Blaine. What are what are you going to be rocking this year? Two sleds. Yeah, I got the 165 boost and a 165 9R. And last year I ran the 850 stock boost, and that thing was an animal. Yeah. Like, it was so much fun. And I would be running that again this year unless I saw that little carrot dangling in front of me, this Carl's 900. And mm. if I didn't work here, I wouldn't do it. But, man, I can't wait to get on that 900 and get that thing built because, I mean, just watching you on that fox sled, and that thing's an animal. And it's uh, it's going to be a fun build. I'm, I kind of caught the bug from you where – it's like, all right, I'm just going to do something little here and then shocks and brake lever. Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, full carbon skid, 900, big bore boost. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and we, 
guys, we talk about this all the time and we're in here and we have customers always asking us, what should I do? Right. And we, we, uh, Blaine and I, um, and Blake, actually, we did a pretty fun podcast. Our first one of, you know, the, the essentials and the must haves that we have. And, and Kyle nailed about five of them right off the bat, right? It was the diamond S, a Pro, a skins hood, um, some clutching, you know, like it's, those are the things that like, and that's what we do consider a stock snowmobile. Yeah. For, I mean, it, we're really just doing some things that legally they can't do. They can't do, right? You know? Yeah. So they would love like, to have a four pound silencer, <laughs> yeah. but they can't, right? Yeah. 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 And then like the hood deal, it's like adding a little bit of storage, getting the weight <clears throat> lower and just some little things like that. But I mean, as far, it's really just convenience things at this point, yeah. you know, somewhat. And that's what's pretty cool about them. But, you know, and, and I guess what I'm bringing this all back to is the only reason that we are literally riding stock snowmobiles that exceed the the potential of any of the riders out there right now is because of what we have done on the mod side of things forever. Mm-hmm. Like that, is, we have short tunneled factory boost sleds that run on pump gas. That's amazing. And that's that was a pipe dream in 2016. Yeah, that, you know, it's some. What do you said? Yeah, that's realistic. <laughs> like then? No, no, I know. Yeah. No, and and so like so you know I want people to understand and know. Do we run like? I mean, if you look at my snowmobile, yes, the, it is completely torn apart, and we've taken a lot of stock stuff off, but what we're putting back on is to keep pushing the manufacturers and the OEMs to, to not just rest. Right. We had a, the, like a 1990 Indy 500 and a 1995 Indy 500 were like the same or like the, you know, for a a 10 year gap, the Indy didn't really change. We can't do that now. We have Mm -hmm. to continually push and, you know, our push here. And at BBA has always been try to get things lighter and easier to ride, mm-hmm. right? And that's why Polaris and and Polaris really believes in that as well, which is awesome. We mm-hmm. do have the lightest sled. Um, I know they they work every single season, and their goal is always to like what do what can we do to make things lighter and better and more efficient and easier to ride, and so like. You know, and, and I think that's the beauty is do we love building mod sleds? Heck yeah. But um, Kyle and I were talking about this the other day. I think literally like my favorite day last year was our model 2024 shoot. And we were literally on two absolute, I was on a, uh, we and we were switching sleds that day, but I rode the majority of the day on a 165 boost 325. Big surprise. Big surprise. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Kyle, you're on this one. <laughs> um, but, you know, Kyle and Kyle was riding a 9R155 Chaos that just fits his style. And, and, and like, literally, dude, it was, you know, we'll, and we'll post that. I'm scheduled to post this week. Um, that was one of the gnarliest days. Like, if you're watching that video, and it's kind of like what I've been thinking of the the body of the post is going to be like, you know, the only way you can do th- these things is to ride a mod sled like this and then mod list below. And it's like stock 165, 325 boost with stock everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like the sleds are so insanely capable right now. Um, but what's awesome is like what Kyle said, there's things that the manufacturers just aren't, 
able to do from a cost standpoint, from a legal standpoint. And that's where it does give us some room to keep pushing um, the industry. And, you know, that's where, that's why we end up where we do on the mod side of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Um, it's been great catching up with, with Kyle. Um, you know, pumped to to hear of the of the new opportunities um and you know what what it's going to be able to do for you and how it's going to help polaris and how it's going to help bba and in the end it helps just a lot of people and i know you're just uh you probably don't think of it that way but i do um it'll it's uh it's a great opportunity for for everybody um and you know i know you'll i know you'll work hard um, that's that's not even a question, um, and you know we're all going to benefit from from that hard work. And Blaine, um, man, we're getting we're getting close to wrapping up the the intensity and insanity of you know the the preseason of BBA. Yeah. Um, I tried to warn you. This is uh, and you've been here for just over a year now, um, and then this year was a whole nother level. Yeah, you had to give away a free snowmobile, so <laughs> that kind of turned things up for the last three weeks here in uh, shipping and receiving. It's, it sure did. Um, you know, but you know, Blaine, and you know, like we talk about, there's this this period of time is like. Holy cow, this isn't, I don't know if this is what I signed up for, um, but it goes by quickly. We've learned a lot. Um, Absolutely. You and I, it's awesome. Yeah. We were having conversations yesterday of like, dude, this is like, we have some sustainability uh, for this level, but there's some things that we need to put in place uh, where we can ser do a great job of servicing this amount of people um, because we really do like what we talk about guys all the time is the stock sleds are so awesome. There's it's really easy to screw them up versus making them better. And that's what we all take a lot of pride in is like making sure that, Hey, you don't need like all of this junk, but these couple little trinkets and gadgets, these like really will make your experience better on the snow. And, um, with that, like, I mean, we're three weeks away from being on the snow just about every day guiding, uh, which is, uh, the second fun part about this job. Yeah. Talk to me in about two months. I'll be like, man, I'm ready to get back to packing boxes. <laughs> get off Talking the snow to customers. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome guys. Um, yeah. So in the meantime, um, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, getting a, a little caught up with, with what Kyle's got going. Um, Blaine, great to have you in on, uh, on another one. And yep, then, happy to be uh, here. yeah, we'll be knocking out a couple more here before Christmas, before Kyle leaves. So we can, uh, make sure we keep this train rolling. So yeah, maybe you can tell us about Area 51 and uh, at Polaris. Give us some insights, what you saw. Uh, I think I'm a little early yet. Yeah. I might get canned if I let <laughs> yeah. some of that stuff loose. <laughs> You're not going to tell everybody about the hybrid turbo? The what? Hybrid the, electric, the electric Tesla. The electric <laughs> oh, yeah. runs triple. on gas Runs powered. on dinosaur pee. All yeah. right. <laughs> I, will, I will let everyone know they're bringing back a triple yep. in the Matrix chassis, yep. and it's a turbo. <laughs> We'll have to stay tuned for the next With podcast. Triple With triple pipes. <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, and for all of you who are uh, wishing for more snow, we are as well. Let's get that snow train cranking. And uh, that's all I want for Christmas. So um, that's an easy one on the, on the wish list. So until next time, um, enjoy. <laughs>